Football today, DFS. We're on to week six. This is our game by game preview. Of course, we get Mike McCore with us. Mike, how's it going? It's going. See, I fired up for week six already. Uh, how about that Thursday night game last night? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are so good, they are just so boring to watch now. It's pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> well, what's yeah. incredible, Mike, what's incredible is that the line, the, the, the side was 10 and a half or 11, and they end up winning in such an unorthodox way and really covering for most people that got it at 10 and a half, 19 to eight. That was just so unusual. Very, very unusual. I know they had the, you know some inefficiencies in the red zone, but it was one of those games that was just truly never in doubt. Uh, they're just yeah. kind of out there going through the motions. It's just what that team can do right now. So uh, very interesting, but fired up for this main slate. Once again, uh, a few players that I really, really like this week. Love it. And I know last week you really, really liked Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And I know that paid off uh, for a lot of our listeners. I didn't listen as heavy as some people did. So like today, I'm definitely going to just be dialed in on, on a lot of Mike's calls here, like for better or for worse. Listen, these don't always hit, but Jamar Chase was such a great play at 7,800 last week. I'm curious what you have to say about him this week, $500 more expensive, which really isn't that much of a hike, right? So let's start though with the game. Let's just get this game out of the way because we've got the 49ers at the Browns. It's a 37 and a half po- uh, point total. And by the way, there are seven o'clock, there's seven one o'clock games and there are four four o'clock games for those of you that, sh- that are trying to play different slates and afternoon early, all of that stuff. But, you know, this game doesn't have a lot of interest to me. It doesn't look like Deshaun Watson is going, going to play. There's really nobody on the Brown side that I want to me, Mike, the only person even worthy of discussion here, because this Browns defense is formidable, is, of course, Christian McCaffrey. Are you interested? I mean, Christian McCaffrey's $9,500. This feels like a game where, well, we shouldn't be playing him. But then again, that's what everybody else is thinking, right? So maybe that means play Christian McCaffrey. Where are you at on this? Yeah, McCaffrey did actually make it into my player pool. Um, I I think this projects as a game where he could certainly have the two touchdowns, right? He's such a force anywhere on the field. I, I do think that San Francisco does score. Uh, But it's honestly kind of like that Kansas City game against Denver last night. Uh, One of those games, while it is a road game for the 49ers, it's a game that they should be able to comfortably win, not put too much more out there on film, uh, and and have a heavy dose from the running backs. Uh, So I think that McCaffrey, while he is very expensive, the ownership will be single digits. Uh, I, I think it's at that range where it's appropriate here. Um, you know, typically you're not wanting to play a, a player that expensive in a game that has a total of 36 points, um, which is fascinating, by the way. I'd love your take on that, knowing that a 20 to 17 game uh, would get you over the total uh, in the NFL here, which is pretty wild at 36. But yeah, McCaffrey yeah. is a piece that I am interested in. Yeah. And if you look on our screen, you see that the total is 37 and a half, but actually it's actually down to 36 and a half. And I think that's predicated on a lot of things, maybe some weather, maybe the Deshaun Watson news. Uh, it looks like PJ Walker would be coming in, not Dorian Thompson Robinson, but so the line is up to, wow, the line is up to 10. Okay. So I just, we just have that wrong on the screen. Uh, I should have, uh, I should have modified that. Uh, I didn't realize that, that it had jumped that much. So if you got in on the Niners at six and a half or at six, where it was earlier this week as well, um, you're looking pretty good. So yeah, that's the night. Like this is a classic game you wouldn't want to play. I mean, like just for like just to put that out there, just from a DFS standpoint, you don't have the back and forth 
because you got the 10 point spread and you don't have the high total. Like this is to me a stay away unless you just want to get frisky and play Christian McCaffrey, knowing that a lot of people aren't going to want to do that at 9,500. All right, let's move on to the Panthers and the Miami Dolphins. I think this is a game a lot of people have interest in, and it makes a lot of sense. I haven't looked at the weather, but we know down in Miami, typically if there's no rain, um, you're going to have pretty good conditions, at least relative to some of these games up in the Northeast that are going to have um, you know, some rain and some wind potentially. A 13.5 point total, 48.5 point spread. It's actually down to 47.5 in some places. There's so many ways to play this, Mike. I, I think most people will just say, give me Mostert, and maybe on the other side, give me like Thielen or, or just a pass catcher for the Carolina Panthers. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, at the same time, I think Tua and Tyreek are interesting just because people are going to generally probably avoid that, go to a different stack, a cheaper stack, and take that Mostert piece out. How are you playing this one? Are you stacking it? And if so, which which targets on the other side of the ball? Like Because the Panthers, you could roll out Jonathan Mingo. You could roll out DJ Shark. These are cheap guys, 3,500, 4,000 respectively. Um, what are you thinking in this one? Yeah, I'm not going to touch the Panthers a ton here. Uh, if I were to stack it up, it would likely just be like full-on Miami onslaughts, thinking it's a game where they put up 40 uh, and, and really not concern myself a ton with the bringbacks on the other side. Uh, the only one I'm going to play is Adam Thielen. I, I like the volume. Um, I think the price point isn't quite where it should be. Um, you know, when we saw this volume once or twice, it, we still kind of were a little cautious wanting to see if this was actually sustainable. It does appear to be so far. Uh, we do expect Carolina to be in those neutral or trailing game scripts very frequently, certainly in this matchup as well. So I do like Adam Thielen a ton. Uh, in this particular matchup with the game script that I'm projecting, I do think that he, he should be back up in the mid $6,000 range. Um, so I'll be playing him. Mostert, as you mentioned, uh, the backfield's cleared up a bit again for him. So this is a great, great spot. And of course, Tyreek Hill. Um, you you got to mention him. He's so good on a PPR site like DraftKings over here. I think that he's really shown that, you know, we always have these worries about game scripts when they're big favorites like this. When they get up big in these games, it's typically because Tyreek Hill has done something really good in the first quarter, right? So he, I think the floor, even though they, they do have blowout potential a lot, I think the floor is still insanely high here. Uh, so I will have some Tyreek Hill this week. Will you have, you might have already mentioned this, will you have any Tua stacks with Tyreek or with Waddle for that matter, who's obviously going to be lower owned? I don't mind it. Uh, there are a couple of cheaper quarterbacks here that I, I still kind of want to get to. So I, I'm not going to jump all in on Tua. Uh, for example, Joe Burrow. I, I still like Joe Burrow again. He, he's $1,300 cheaper than Tua. That, that's still a significant, significant difference. So I don't mind it. Like I said, I, if I play Tua, it would be a situation where I'd probably be playing Tua, Mostert, and Tyreek all in the same lineup, betting on Miami scoring 40 points and some lower scoring games across the league. But uh, as of right now, it's not my primary focus. And real quick, do you like Mostert for cash? And if the answer is yes, do you like Thielen just as much for cash? Yes, uh, both of those guys are cash game playable. Uh, both going to be incredibly popular, especially in Mostert this week, but uh, for very, very good reason. Absolutely. All right. You mentioned Joe Burrow, so let's transition there. The Bengals host the Seattle Seahawks. Keep in mind the Seahawks are coming off a bye. They are plus three. I think that's a really interesting line. I actually like the Seahawks here. I'd, I'd be interested, Mike, um, you put all your picks out on Sportsline. You're very active on CBS Sports HQ. I'm curious if you've thought about this game from a sides standpoint. We have a 45 and a half point total. It's 45 in some places, so relatively high scoring. 
And listen, Joe Burrow really clicked. Now, granted, last week that was against Arizona's defense. It's a little bit of a different ball game, especially with these DBs uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. But with that said, it sounds to me like a Joe Burrow stack to Jamar Chase is certainly in play, just like it was last week. Yeah, definitely in play for me. Uh, I really, really like uh, Jamar Chase in the spot. I honestly, you know, the question is that you really have, is Joe Burrow back or not? He, he looked pretty good against Arizona. I think that it's pretty easy to look decent against Arizona. Uh, as far as Seattle, I don't think Seattle is a great team. I think that they are a team that's going to find themselves in a ton of competitive football games, and I think that's going to help here. So I think these teams can definitely push each other uh, and really make this kind of a higher-scoring game. You know, Cincinnati's been really disappointing uh, in the passing game in terms of some of their coverage, ranking bottom third in the league for sure. I think that is going to actually help. I, I think that the back and forth in this game is going to help. I think there's going to be a ton of fantasy points. So I personally like Burrow again. Uh, I love Jamar Chase again. It's a lock button play for me personally, uh, especially with Justin Jefferson not on the slate. Tyree Kill in the matchup that he has. Uh, I think Jamar Chase is far and away wide receiver one again. And you're okay with playing Jamar Chase out like outside of a Joe Burrow stack. In other words, a- as a singular player. Yeah, I think I'm almost definitely just like last week. I had Joe Burrow. I mean, I had Jamar Chase in every lineup, regardless of Burrow. Uh, I think it'll be the exact same thing this week. I don't think I'll have a single lineup without Jamar Chase. There are a couple cheap options on the Bengals, and I do want to talk about some options on the Seahawks that I really like. But I mean, uh, Trent Ir- Irwin obviously got a lot of targets last week which i think was a little unexpected tyler boyd is in the mix uh are mixon or boyd or irwin in the conversation i know irv smith is on this team you've previously liked him is it just jamar chase and get out or if you're stacking burrow maybe you're doubling up uh beyond jamar chase yeah if you want to stack burrow i think that you can definitely start to look to double up um i think the guy that i'm probably most interested in is still going to be trent Irwin. you know the the depth of target could be an issue but he still had eight catches on 10 targets last week in that role. Um, I, I think that the far more concerning thing is he he's fumbled in two consecutive games. Uh, if that, I, I don't think it's going to cause him to not be on the field. Um, but I, I really like him, honestly, at 3,300. I think it's a really nice double stack because uh, looking at the concentration of targets there, it's essentially, you're probably getting 20 plus targets literally between Twenton Irwin and, uh, Jamar Chase here. So I, I like it a lot. Um, I'm not going to play Herb Smith. As far as Tyler Boyd, I think it's okay, but I'd rather just have the salary savings down with Irwin. Absolutely. On the other side of the ball, so I really like Kenneth Walker, and I'm just curious what your opinion is here. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play him because I think he's a little bit more expensive than people want to pay at the running back position, especially for a guy like Kenneth Walker who doesn't have that pop like a Bijan Robinson did last week. But you look at the Bengals' defense. They're allowing five yards per carry. And for those of you that don't know, like that's really bad. That's close to bottom in the league, uh, really close to bottom in the league. They're allowing a lot of explosive runs. We know Kenneth Walker can have some explosive runs. But then I look at DK Metcalf, who I think is healthy, although he sat out practice a little bit uh, this week, so we'll have to monitor that at 6,800. We see Lockett at 5,700. I think there's a lot of options here. I like Kenneth Walker the best, but do you like any of those three guys or anybody else on the Seattle side that I mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I think that you definitely can like them. I do like Kenneth Walker. He's someone I've actually played a lot more than I thought I would, um, you know, throughout the season so far. He he has some decent usage in the in the red zone. Um, for me, though, it's Tyler Lockett, 5,700. Um, you know, I, he is obviously aging. Like, he, he's getting to that point in his career where 
you know, the massive three touchdown games, uh, you know, things like that, I think are, you know, days of the past. But I do think this projects as a matchup where they could be pushed enough that they do end up having uh, one of those games where he gets 10 targets. Uh, we saw it against Detroit. This matchup, Cincinnati and Seattle, to me, projects very similarly to that Seattle-Detroit game that we saw in week two, uh, where we did see a little bit of a spike game. He did have his two touchdowns, but it is really more the target volume. Uh, I think we are looking at double-digit targets here for Tyler Lockett at 5,700. Much like Adam Thielen, uh, I think that if we can replicate that at all, this is a $6,500 player. Yeah, love that. So can consider Tyler Lockett in your stacks for sure. Trip O'Day Football DFS says, would this be the week to speculate on JSN after the bye? Um, I'll handle that one. I, I, I don't think so. Um, first of all, you got, you got to understand, personnel-wise, he's just not on the field a lot. We're seeing a lot of two tight end sets, non-three wide receiver sets. So we're just not seeing enough of JSN to really lean on him. Granted, it is after the bye. Maybe they're scheming for, for him specifically, but I kind of doubt it. I think they're going to lean on their tight ends in terms of their sets, but also just Lockett, Walker, and DK Metcalf. All right, we got another really interesting game to get to. Um, probably my favorite game, which is interesting because it's certainly not the highest total, but Colts uh, plus four at the Jaguars, 45 and a half. But before we get to that game, let's hear a message from our partners. So like I said, we've got the Colts plus four at the Jaguars. It's a, let me let me update the total here. It's 44 now, so this total's going down. I wonder, maybe I'll have to check uh, during the show to see if there's any sort of weather going on in Jacksonville, but I don't like the fact that the total's going down. What I do like is that Gardner Minshew is 5K, and Trevor Lawrence has an excellent matchup against this Colts secondary at 6,500. We got to check on Zay Jones to see if he's going to play. Um, but if not, it narrows that sort of concentration of targets to Kirk, Ridley, and Ingram, and all of them, I think, are present some value at their prices. I love Josh Downs on the other side, too. I think you could speculate on Pittman, but Downs would be the guy for me. Mike, am I... Am I talking crazy here? Should I just be avoiding this game ultimately? Or do you actually like stacking this game or taking several pieces from it? I definitely like taking some pieces from it. And I don't mind the stack. Depends on how the injury report really shakes out a little bit for me. But, um, you know, it comes down to do you believe in Gardner Minshew or not? You know, can he push? Is he motivated against this team? Uh, potentially, you know, 5K, if he can push them at all, is a potential to be an absolute shootout of a game. I, I really am not a big fan uh, of either team defensively. Uh, so it, it just comes down to how efficient you think Gardner Minshew can be in this particular matchup. I personally believe that he's going to be okay. At 5K, I think that he definitely has the ability to be one of the top value quarterbacks of the week. So I, I do like Travis Etienne. The volume is something you have to love there. Uh, as far as the receivers uh, on the Jacksonville side, I, I like them all, honestly. I think they're all priced pretty appropriately. Um, Evan Ingram has had eight targets in four consecutive games. That's pretty good at tight end on a week where we are really lacking some of the upside at the tight end position. So certainly someone that I think could uh, you know, really be a, a good piece there. And then Calvin Ridley, you know, talk about the ups and downs of the season so far. He had a game against Atlanta with just two targets. Uh, Houston seven, eight against Kansas City, but only two receptions here. Uh, you look at week one and week five, he had big, big spike weeks overall, and then a lot of mediocre in the middle. I personally, especially if Zay Jones is going to be out, I personally believe that Calvin Ridley's talent level still maps to that $7,700 uh, mm. price point, not the $6,700 price point. 
Yeah. And by the way, I have checked the weather in Jacksonville. And again, it's it's early. So hard to say, really. But we do have, you know, it, there's no rain, but there's some wind potentially. We're looking at that like 15 to 20 mile per hour range is what I'm looking at, which is, I think, what we saw in the Kansas City game yesterday. It certainly doesn't prevent you from throwing the ball downfield, but it's 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 not helpful either. Not necessarily the best playing conditions. With all that said, Mike, I'm surprised this line has gone down to 44. Are you as well, or do, do you feel like we're missing something here? That's a pretty big shift from 45 and a half just a couple of days ago. Yeah, it is a big shift. I think it's all kind of related to the quarterback move with uh, with Gardner Minshew. I think yeah. that's really kind of where it's at. Uh, I'm going to quickly look and see where I have this game. Um, yeah, I actually had it under, so I, I personally yeah. like to see that. I had it 42 and a half is where I made it. Um, but again, a lot of that is the, the Colts side lacking um, offense. So it really comes down to, like I keep saying, it comes down to what do you think of Gardner Minshew? If you think he's serviceable, you think that they can push, then I, I think it makes it a fantastic game environment. Uh, if you don't think he's quite that level and, and going to push, then I, I think you look at Travis Etienne. Absolutely. All right. So I'll tell you right now, um, I have I have the Jags featured on my cheat sheet. I, I only say that now because – we do this time of year have to monitor weather. And because these cheat sheets come out a couple days early, you know, keep our cheat sheet plays in mind. But obviously, if you get more information after we do this show when it comes to weather and things of that nature uh, or injuries, um, you're going to want to modify like what well, we would want to modify what we had. So just keep that in mind in terms of the information you pick up. Another game that might have some weather, some wind and at least a slight chance of rain is a game that I think a lot of people are also interested in. It's the Vikings at the bears uh this has gone down to for this total has gone down from 44 and a half to 44 in some places vikings favored by three uh listen i i think you know if you watch justin fields against washington last week you kind of like doing the justin fields dj Moore thing and i have no problem with that i think cole Komet can get involved here roshan johnson looks like he's going to be the running back as opposed to khalil herbert who was still injured uh, there's a lot to like here. Jordan Addison, who I liked last week. Well, now there's no Justin Jefferson. Looks like Osborne is going to be running that X receiver, those Justin Jefferson routes. I think Addison's a great play. I think uh, Brandon Powell's an interesting play at a flat 3K. But then again, there's weather. Maybe we want to avoid this game. Are you invested in this game, Mike? I am invested in this game because I personally think it is a Deontay Foreman week. Uh, and mm. the reason I say I think Roshan Johnson's not going to play in this game. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Herbert at the ankle. Roshan Johnson's still in the concussion protocol. He did not practice at all on Thursday. Uh, obviously, Thursday is not Friday. Today is Friday. Um, however, just being so young and, and everything like that, first real concussion probably. I mean, I'm guessing he's had a concussion in his career potentially. But yeah. at, at this level, um, I think it's very possible considering he's still in the protocol, missed everything yesterday, that he does not give it a go here. And if he I agree with you. Read, reading what I'm reading right now, I, I think you're right about that. So go on. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, Deontay Foreman is someone we've seen in his career. There's a reason why this man holds a job still. Uh, he's mm -hmm. bounced around a lot, but he runs with so much energy. He is so aggressive. He jumps at every opportunity that he has. Uh, and I think this is an opportunity. And I think that it might be a little unfair to say the Vikings are ready to tank, but motivation in that locker room has got to be at an all-time low right now. Yeah. Um, sloppy game, potentially. I, I think that this is a Deontay Foreman spot. He's 4,400. It's a, an absolute free square, in my opinion, if he is ruled the starter in this game. Uh, and personally, that is what I'm expecting based on uh, the reports that I'm reading right now. 
So, yeah, I mean, Deontay Foreman, for those of you unfamiliar, he runs like because you you kind of captured it. You illustrated it really well. He runs like kind of like Isaiah Pacheco, like that running yeah. angry. If you remember Marion Barber from back in the day that like Deontay Foreman seems to run a little bit uh, like that as well. Now, though the Vikings are at least decent against the run. Are you interested at all in the passing for Justin Fields, G.J. Moore, or really any other receiver? I, I, or Cole Komet, like, is that a stack you'd be interested in tournaments, for example? Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I think this is a good spot for uh, for Justin Fields overall. Uh, the thing that I would mention, though, Deontay Foreman is someone who has been able to catch passes out of the backfield as well mm-hmm. in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I Again, I, I want to drive that point home. I'm playing Deontay Foreman uh, this week. Even if Johnson is active, I'm still going to play some of it. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to have some action at 4,400, so I, I'm playing him. As far as stacking with DJ Moore, I think it's fine if you want to take that shot in a tournament. Um, obviously, don't expect the three-touchdown game every time out. Uh, but I do I, I do like the Bears a little bit here. Is well, Last question on the Bears. Is there a scenario, because let, let's assume Roshan Johnson is out. Is there a scenario where you'd play Justin Fields, Deontay Foreman, and then nothing else on the Bears side? Yeah, I could definitely get there. Um, I, I could definitely, definitely get there. Is there a favorite runback option or really a favorite option on the Vikings side? Again, we've got Addison, we've got Osborne, we've got Powell. I'm not playing the running backs personally, but you certainly could play Alexander Madison, of course, TJ Hawkinson as well. Yeah, for me, it'd be Jordan Addison. Uh, I like yeah. him quite a bit. We, we do have to watch with his ankle and at least note it. Um, I, I think he's going to play. He's mm-hmm. limited participant on Thursday, so I, I think he's going to ultimately give it a go. Um, but something to monitor for sure. If he does play, I like him a lot. Yeah, Addison is at priced up a little bit, uh, not too much, but he's priced at uh, fifty seven hundred. FYI, on that, and then uh, Cole Komet at forty six hundred. If you want to get cute with your stack, maybe throw Komet in there uh, with a Justin Field stack. I don't hate it at forty six hundred. Although I think there's a lot of tight ends you can go to, both uh, more expensive than Komet and a lot cheaper than Komet, which we'll get to on this show. Uh, Saints Texans. Saints are one and a half point favorites. I mean, this isn't. Much of a game to talk about. It's a 42-and-a-half-point total. We got to check on Tank Dell's status. I don't know that we know definitively on that, although I'll I'll double-check before this show is over. Nico Collins in play if you want to stack this game. Obviously, Robert Woods at 3,800 makes a lot of sense, too. Kamara, just in general, makes a lot of sense. I know you were on that last week, Mike, and he he became – it's funny how this show sort of happens, right, because sometimes we we sort of – we graduate to really liking guys just because we've talked through a show. And I hope when you're listening to this show, you kind of see that, that like we don't all, we don't have everything planned out going into the show necessarily. Most of it, we kind of know what our plays are going to be, but sometimes we just sort of graduate in the middle of the show. And last week, Mike, you bumped somebody just to get Kamar in your top three. And it was a really wise move. He's 6,800 now. I wonder, is that too expensive on this slate for you, for Alvin Kamara? Are you going right back to it? And anybody else in this game that you like? I'm going right back to it, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a great spot to back him. You know, we liked him. That, that's the beauty of a guy like Alvin Kamara, frankly, right? So the reason why we liked him initially, at least I did last week, we saw that massive game from him in his first game back in terms of the passing volume, 14 targets, right? He only had three targets in this game. But the reason he had three targets is because they were dominating. They won the game 34 to nothing, and his role shifted. He touched the football still that many times. He had 22 handoffs, found his way into the end zone. Uh, I think this next game here is right back to a very, very competitive game uh, where I think we see six to ten targets in the passing game, 15 to 20 carries. 
Uh, I've been encouraged with the usage. You know, there was a time, you know, before some of the the suspension and everything where it looked like he was going to lose a lot of work. I think we're right back to Alvin Kamara touching the football 20 plus times every single game. Um, So, yeah, I like it. I think the Texans are good enough to push. And I, I think this is an Alvin Kamara game. Are you interested in a Texans stack? I mean, let's assume Tank Dell is out because he didn't practice on Thursday. Again, these are concussions, right, with Roshan Johnson and Tank Dell. Usually we've noticed the NFL being a little bit more cautious, even though Roshan had the extra days because of the Thursday night game against Washington. It looks like he's trending towards out. I'm guessing Tank Dell is out. With that in mind, you know, Stroud 6K to Nico 5600 or to Robert Woods 3800 with a Kamar bring back. Is that in play at all for you? Or you just like other stacks so much that you're just not going to get to this one? I like other stacks so much that I'm not going to get to it, but I will play a little bit of Robert Woods. Uh, Minor concern in terms of uh, the ribs. He's practicing. He's going to play. Just know that they're, you know, at his age as well, there there are scenarios where he takes a hit and doesn't finish this game. Uh, It's priced in, though, $3,800. He's had a lot of targets in this offense, honestly. Coming off nine targets again against Atlanta, uh, he's had nine or more targets in three of the five games so far. No fewer than six targets. Uh, Stroud's been good. And I, I think this is a game that, again, is going to be very competitive overall. So I, I like Robert Woods. I prefer the the cheaper route with Woods over anybody else. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to CJ Stroud because I have my opinions on quarterbacks going into the season. I wasn't super vocal about not liking CJ Stroud. But I can just tell you, like, I didn't think C.J. Stroud was going to be uh, a good quarterback in general. And I certainly didn't think he was going to be uh, good this early. And I've watched a lot of C.J. Stroud. Like, I am very impressed. This is not smoke and mirrors. Like, he has he, that it factor, the accuracy that we knew we knew he had at Ohio State. Um, it's all there. I'm, I'm super impressed. Uh, a team I'm not super impressed with. It's our last one o'clock game. It's my team. You see over my – oh, I should say over my left shoulder um, – Santana Moss holding up the 21 for the best safety uh, ever, Sean Taylor. Yeah, I said it. Commanders plus two. I, I got to hang my hat on something, okay? Like, I haven't had a lot to root for. He's better than Ed Reed. I said it. Commanders plus two and a half at the Falcons. 42 and a half point total. It's 42 in some places. Um, you know, the Bijan experience didn't work out, and it's partly because Tyler Algier got a ton of carries. And I think Arthur Smith is just kind of showing us time and time again that there's really no predictability from a touch standpoint when it comes to these running backs. Now, the Falcons, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of Bijan, but we like a lot of running backs. Getting up to Bijan at 7,200, I'm not sure I'm going to do that. I think Kyle Pitts is really interesting because he's, he's down to 3,500, and we saw how much damage he did last week. Now, I've been on the John U. Smith train, FYI. He's 100 less than Kyle Pitts, and he's been good this entire season. So I think both of them are in play. Obviously, Kyle Pitts has the, the bigger play factor, and against this Washington secondary, it would certainly make more sense to go for that big play guy, Kyle Pitts, over like a Johnny Smith, for example. I think Logan Thomas is kind of in play at 3,500. He caught nine of 11 targets last week. That's not going to happen every game. They were getting blown out, but certainly a strong option. I'm kind of looking at his props, FYI. Anything in this game that you're playing, like the only one that really sticks out to me is Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is the one that stands out. Uh, on a week where tight end is really kind of weak overall, I think you could definitely make the case for uh, taking a shot there, you know, it was obviously extremely encouraging to see the 11 targets uh, against Houston. Um, pretty discouraged to see only four against Jacksonville, three against Carolina. So, you know, hopefully that gets him going a little bit. But again, you are still buying low, uh, 3,500. I, I think that 
we all remember that too. Kyle Pitts, I think there's no doubt that his skill set and his upside has him as at least a $5,000 tight end. Uh, I know he's split in work. I know there's a lot of unpredictability in that offense. Uh, I'm willing to bet on it still, though, at 3500 So that's really the only piece I could get to other than to say I do believe Bijan Robinson until he's $8,000 is tournament viable in any game. And for the record, I assume there's not a lot of ownership on Bijan Robinson right now because of what happened last week and because there's so many running backs that seem to present value that are obviously cheaper than Bijan. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's still going to garner some, but it's middling for sure. I would say in terms of running backs, he will be like the eighth to 10th most popular back. Gotcha. Okay. So not, I mean, still, that's, I mean, it's pretty good. Listen, this is commander's defense. Like, this front four, they can rush the passer, but they can't really stop the run. We saw it Thursday night when Khalil Herbert was healthy. They were running it on third and seven, getting 10 yards every time. And it was like kind of sad to watch. All right. Well, we've got four four o'clock games to talk about. But before we get there, let's take a break and hear a message from our partner. All right. We're back. And we've got a game that I don't. Oh, by the way, real quick, because I know people want to know about cash games, Mike. Um we talked about Mostert being a really good running back cash option. We've obviously talked about other running backs too, but from a cash standpoint, would you put Kamara up there in the Mostert range in terms of like, hey, you're going to want to play this guy in cash? For me, yes. Uh, I could tell you Alvin Kamara, Jamar Chase are the two guys that are essentially going to anchor every lineup for me. Uh, they basically did last week too. Um, both of them are too cheap still. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Good insight. Okay. Uh, Patriots at the Raiders. I mean, what are we going to do here? Uh, Patriots plus three. Uh, the, it's a 41 and a half point total. Uh, why would we want anybody on either of these teams right now? I mean, I hate to say it, but like it's a low total. I, I, I just, the, unless you're playing the four o'clock slate, maybe you want to get tricky with like a Josh Jacobs at 7,000, for example. Like I kind of get that. Uh, but is there anybody you're playing in this game, Mike? No, there's not. Um, I, I'm not getting anywhere in this game. All right. I honestly think we can move on. If you have questions about this game, <laughs> I'd be really surprised, but you can feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, this next game, you know, is really interesting to me, and, and maybe it's just going to be an afternoon uh, slate play. But when we look at this Jets defense, and of course I'm talking Eagles minus seven at the Jets, and this total is just sitting there right at 41 like it has been. You look at the Jets defense, and, and I know how formidable we think they are, but like they're, they haven't been great. And they've had some, some injury issues as well. It seems like an interesting time to play the Eagles other than the fact that, well, can the Jets push back with Zach Wilson? Like, so that, like, that's kind of the problem with all of that said, I just wonder is hurts on your radar at all. Obviously AJ, AJ Brown, 7,800 Devonte Smith, 7,000 hurts 8,200. It's extremely expensive. Like you're really limiting yourself with a lot of the other players we've talked about. Uh, DeAndre Swift at 6,100, that seems like decent value, but I don't know that I'm getting there in this game. I do think it's interesting, though, because I can't imagine a lot of people are playing this game. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are playing the game. Uh, I'm not getting to Hertz personally. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just a little too expensive at, at 8,200, so I, I'm out on that. I do like his pass catcher, A.J. Brown, though. Um, shocking. A.J. Brown still very, very good at football, $7,800. But look at what he has done recently. You know, he was very vocal about being upset. Since then, he's been rewarded with a ton of action here. Uh, in week three, 14 targets, 131 yards. 13 targets in week four, 175 yards. 127 yards on eight targets last week. Uh, now a game that could get a little competitive because of how good the defense is on the other side. I, I think that this is still a matchup where A.J. Brown is somewhat matchup proof. 
Um, and, and I think that when push comes to shove, I think that's where Jalen's going to want to go with the football if it is a little competitive. Um, I don't think anyone's going to play him. I think we're talking 4 to 5% ownership here on a guy that is routinely uh, you know, scoring 25 to 30 fantasy points. What's interesting is that's the same price Jamar Chase was last week, and nobody really wanted to play Jamar Chase, right? And I shouldn't say nobody, but not a lot of people did, even though he was 7,800 because of what we saw the, the, the weeks prior. In this case, it's not what we saw the weeks prior with A.J. Brown. It's just the fact that I don't think people want to touch this game for a lot of reasons. And one is because they see the 41-point total, and they're like, I, I, I just want to move on. But A.J. Brown, we know how concentrated this target share is. So if, if, they, if they put up, I mean, their implied total here, I mean, I, I could do the quick math, but it's, it's decent. And A.J. Brown is usually the beneficiary of, of – those targets it's him it's last week it was a lot of goddard i think that was sort of a squeaky wheel game for dallas goddard but yeah i, I kind of agree aj brown at 7800 it seems very low interesting spot there certainly if you're playing the afternoon slate i think you, you got to get him yeah. in your lineup uh lions at bucks that's our next game by the way you don't like anybody on the jet side do you i mean at Brees hall i just can't imagine playing even though i played him last week yeah nope not playing not playing anyone um, on the jet side yeah we, we certainly uh Crushed with, I mean, a lot of people like Brees Hall at 5,400 last week. So um, we, we certainly uh, checked that box last week on this show. Uh, Lions minus three at the Bucks. Not a lot I like here. Um, looks like Amon Ra is going to play. You know, obviously David Montgomery is always in play. It's only a 43 and a half point total. Not a very interesting game. I think Rashad White at 5,500 is at least interesting. But again, I, there's, there's lower options that are all, we talked about Deontay Foreman, for example. Like there's plenty of options. You don't have to go to really anybody in this game. Or, or is this like the Pats Raiders game where you're just out? Yeah, I'm mostly out on it. Uh, I would say the only thing that I could see myself getting to would be Brock Wright, the tight end, twenty five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. just a total punt. Um, Laporta is someone we have to monitor. Uh, I think they might be extremely cautious with him. Um, he took part in the walkthrough practice dealing with the calf injury. We'll see. It, it is a, a calf strain. Uh, you know, being on the official injury report on Friday, uh, not typically a great thing overall. Uh, but just the fact that uh, he's been so good for him, I think that it might be one of those situations where they want to maybe give him a week because you don't want this to be something that does tend to, you know, that lingers a bit. So if he is out, uh, I think everyone's going to be on it, kind of like the, the foreman uh, situation. But Brock Wright on a week where tight end is kind of weak, he's getting targets anyway. Uh, I think that you could do worse at tight end. Yeah, absolutely makes sense there. And, and by the way, uh, quick shout out to the chat. Buffalo Woes says, what's up, boys? Best DFS show on. Love that. Uh, Island Eric asks, Jameson Williams, when will he break out? Is he worth keeping in Dynasty? Well, certainly worth keeping in Dynasty. As far as your breakout game, with any consistency, I think you're waiting until next season for that, personally. But that doesn't mean he's not going to have a, a couple spots. I just wouldn't be playing him anytime soon. But yeah, he's super talented and uh, I'd hang on to him in Dynasty for sure. This next game, Mike, and by the way, if you're new to this show, well, one thing is uh, hit the like button, whether you're new to this show or not. But yeah. if you're new to the show, just so you know, we do our cheat sheets and Mike's top three at each position after we get through all the games. We only have one game left, so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. But this next game is going to have a lot of interest, uh, not just to me and probably you, but really to everybody. We've got the Cardinals plus seven at the Rams. It's a 48 and a half point total double checking that. Oh, by the way, the, um, the bucks total went down to 42. We had it at 43 and a half. It has now gone down to 42. Just so everybody knows Cardinals Rams 48 and a half. 
Uh, this is has a lot of intrigue for for so many reasons, Mike. Uh, obviously, Cooper Cup came back last week, and we saw what happened. Both Cup and Nakua got all the targets they needed. Stafford looked great. He gets this Arizona Cardinals defense that got absolutely lit up by Joe Burrow and company. And and the reality is they just don't have the secondary to keep up with, whether it's Jamar Chase or Nakua at Well Cup. Like they just don't have it. So I think a lot of people with Stafford only being sixty one hundred. They're going to want to play this stack. I'm curious, are you playing this stack and how are you playing it? Because Naku is expensive at 8K. Cup is expensive at 9K. Tutu Atwell gives you some salary relief if you want to take that chance. But he's, his target share is certainly a lot lower than the other guys. He's 5,100. You got Dobbs on the other side. I don't think people are really super interested in playing him, but he's only 5,200. Marquise Brown, we got a monitor. I think he sat out of practice yesterday with an illness. He's 5,300. Ertz, 3,600. So many pieces to play. I'm just curious, how are you playing this one? Yeah, I love it. Honestly, I'm stacking Matthew Stafford. Uh, I'll prioritize Cooper Cup, but I will still play uh, Nakua as well. Uh, it is an expensive stack, but I, I think there's going to be enough value. We've already talked about Foreman and some of the other uh, cheaper pieces that you could throw in there. So I, I do like it a lot. Uh, I think that this projects as a game where the Rams aren't strong enough defensively to like make this a massive blowout. I think they're going to be pushed to that level just enough where they keep the foot on the gas, which I think is going to lead to a big, big fantasy day. Very similar to what we saw from Cincinnati, frankly, as you mentioned. Uh, so I, I like Matthew Stafford a lot. I'm going to be pairing him. I'm prioritizing Cooper Cup still. Uh, I know we've seen a lot from Puka Nakua so far this season. He's been great. I think that they can coexist. I think he's going to continue to do that. But I think what it's ultimately going to do is I think it's going to take just a little bit of pressure off of Cooper Cup in terms of uh, the defensive attention. I think that, which is very, very scary, frankly. Uh, you remember what Cooper Cup has been able to do recently. Um, having a guy like Nakua on the other side, I think is going to help him tremendously. I do think the chemistry with Matthew Stafford is still there. It was evident in that game that he just came back in. Um I think Cooper Cup's going to be the best fantasy wide receiver in the league the rest of the way, uh, and I don't think it's going to be very close. Wow, that's a big statement. So your favorite, your preferred stack, and we'll get to the running backs in this game in a second, but your preferred stack would be Stafford to Cup. Are you adding in a preferred stack? Are you adding anybody in there, and are you bringing it back with anybody in particular? Uh, it'll just be Stafford to Cup. I will have another one with uh, with Nakua as well. It'll be very expensive, but I, I do like it. As far as bringbacks, I think you can get to uh, natural. The most natural one for me is going to be Zach Ertz. I just think the volume could continue to be there. Tight end is very weak. Uh, the price point works. Uh, otherwise, probably mostly just going to be betting on uh, the Rams scoring points here. Yeah. And by the way, Amari DiMarcato, County Ingram, I still don't think we're exactly sure what the touch share is going to be there. I think that's something you're definitely going to want to monitor over the weekend. I'm not going to make a call on those guys one way or the other. But for those of you that are um, not familiar with who they are, obviously James Conner's out for a little while. So Amari DiMarcado, 4,900, County Ingram, 4,500. They're certainly in play if we know that one of these guys is getting uh, a target share or, excuse me, a, a rushing share that's going to be significant. Uh, Kyron Williams, though, on the other side, Mike, I think he's at least interesting in a game that's likely going to be very high scoring. He's 6,500. Is he fitting into any builds at all, whether it be stacks or whether it just be taking pieces from the game? So for me, no. Should he be? Probably. He probably should be. Um, and I, I think it's a great play. I'm electing to just go all in on Alvin Kamara personally, so I'm just not going to have the room for it, most likely. Yeah. Um, that's just the decision I'm making. That's where I'm going. 
Uh, would it shock me at all if he's involved in the passing game still, has the two touchdowns? Not at all. Um, I, I think he's a fine play. Uh, I'm just I'm going to play Alvin Kamara until he's $7,500. Yeah, I get that. And so that's the thing. You know, when we go through these games, it's like, well, you know, the, whether it's Kyron Williams or anybody else, and, and Mike's making a very definitive statement here. He's not saying he doesn't like Kyron Williams, and I'm not saying I don't like Kyron Williams, but I'm, I personally, I'm probably not getting to him either because I like Alvin Kamara, because there's a few other running backs that I really like. I might, I might overplay uh, Kenneth Walker. Like you, you, in DFS, especially when you're playing tournaments, you have to make these decisions. You can't just water down yeah. your player pool by kind of playing everybody. So um, you got to make your decisions with conviction and just hope that you're right uh, Sunday afternoon. Speaking of Sunday afternoon, let's get to your top three. Let's get uh, to Mike's top three at each position. And Mike, we're going to start at the QB position. Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase again this week. Love Joe Burrow. I personally think he is back or very close to it. We will see if he shows up again this week. Number two, Matthew Stafford, the guy we just talked about for the Rams. Uh, Just the incredible receiving core. That same matchup that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase exploited last week. Um, I I think it's going to be a big, big spot for them. And then Gardner Minshew is who I listed here. Uh, 5K, I do think that he can push. Uh, I think he's got some motivation against the Jags. Um, at 5K, it just opens up a lot in that lineup. Um, so what I mean by that is if I play a Gardner Minshew lineup, I could stack it with downs and I could still get Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, and have seven touchdown upside with those three players essentially in their ceiling games uh, to where if Minshew does go off, he goes off and we're, we're looking good, right? Um, as far as the running back position, I, I think you've guessed it at this point. It is Alvin Kamara. Uh, I was extremely encouraged with the blowout last week. We saw the one result where they were trailing. He got all the passing work. We saw the result where they were blowing out a team. He got all of the running work, 22 carries. Uh, This game should be in the middle, which means I'm expecting 20-plus touches again. Uh, Raheem Mostert, number two, makes a lot of sense, I think, for everyone. I think he's going to be extremely popular. And then number three, Deontay Foreman. Uh, You know, unfortunately, we don't get a ton of advantage for making this call out right now. Everyone will know about Deontay Foreman by the time the game starts on Sunday. Uh, I don't believe Roshan Johnson is going to play in this game. I think this is a great spot for Deontay Foreman. This is the reason why he's on the roster. They will run, run, run him and throw him the football. Uh, Frankly, not caring how much damage he takes in one week here. They need him for a week. So, Hey, and before you get to wide receiver – um, and by the way, if Roshan Johnson ends up playing, it sounds like Mike, you're gonna you might sprinkle in some Deontay Foreman as well. But obviously, keep that in mind. He's probably Mike. Is it safe to say if Roshan Johnson is active, Deontay Foreman gets bumped from the top three? He'll not? get bumped from the top three, but he will still remain in my player pool. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, real quick question from Gray Goose Hayes. We talked about um, some cash options, especially at the running back position, a little bit uh, when it comes to the wide receiver position. But Stafford, would he be your favorite cash game option this week? He is, yeah. Uh, I like Burrow overall for just kind of everything, but yeah, Stafford and Cash is certainly where I would look to go. Um, just looking at what they've done with those wide receivers, I think that they're very clearly committed to slinging the football around. All right. Speaking of slinging the football around, let's talk about your favorite wide receivers. Top three. Jamar Chase. Uh, surprise, surprise. Once again, back to Jamar Chase. Uh, he is going to receive double-digit targets, nearly a lock for that. Uh, I think they're back. I think it's a great matchup for them, honestly. Uh, I, I really, really think this game gets competitive and, and starts to shoot out. Uh, Jordan Addison is listed number two here. You could make a case for Tyler Lockett. You could make a case for Adam Thielen. They're all the same price. I like them all. Um, 
I, I think this game's going to be competitive with, with Chicago. And we know no Justin Jefferson. I think they're going to continue to focus Addison. It wouldn't shock me if he starts to see some Justin Jefferson-like volume uh, in this game. And then, uh, finally, Cooper Cup. He's expensive. He's expensive for a reason. I was extremely encouraged to see how quickly he bounced right back. Um, now he gets the same matchup that Jamar Chase had. The only difference is, is he has another really good receiver getting attention opposite of him now. Absolutely love it. And by the way, we did mention Adam Thielen sort of up the front end of the show. From a cash game standpoint, would you have Thielen ahead of Jordan Addison? Just slightly. As of now, yeah, just slightly ahead of, uh, ahead of him right now. Okay. And now speaking of cash, I, I got to think you got your top three tight ends here. I got to think Zach Ertz, who, who leads the pack here, is probably a cash game option as well. He is. Um, Zach Ertz will start it off here. I, I think it's just such natural bringbacks. I like the volume. Uh, they're committed to getting it there. I think he's got a lot of respect with Josh Jobs as well. I think they really respect each other, which is important. Uh, so I think he does see some of those, those targets. The other guy we didn't mention at all, which was my fault when we talked about the Texans game, Dalton Schultz has come alive a little bit. Uh, we've talked about how impressed we've been with C.J. Stroud. I think this is a competitive game with New Orleans personally. Extremely encouraged to see the 10 targets. I know some of that was a product of playing Atlanta. Uh, however, I think that it's a comfortable comfortable look. He scored touchdowns in back-to-back -back games. Yes, we've only seen uh, you know a few games with only three targets, um, but he's $3,600. It's priced in. I keep harping on how tight end is extremely weak. In week six here, uh, I think this is the perfect time to, to take shots here. So Dalton Schultz, someone I'll be playing a little bit. Uh, and then Kyle Pitts. I was tossed up between Kyle Pitts and Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram has seen the consistent volume, and I do like the matchup against Indy. But I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. We saw the spike week in terms of targets, 11 targets. He's got a ton of upside. He just has to get the football in his hands. Um, and, and if he does and can see anywhere close to that target volume again, he should be at least $5,000. All right. Absolutely love it. We are going to move to our cheat sheets real quick before we get out of here. I'll start with mine. Uh, so this stack is a little bit predicated on the weather and kind of on Zay Jones being out, but I don't think the weather's a really a huge concern in Jacksonville. So not super worried about that, but it's just something to monitor. I've got Trevor Lawrence at 6,500 or Christian Kirk at 5,400. Why Christian Kirk? over, let's say, Calvin Ridley, because I just want the savings. And I, I know Kirk, even though he's the less talented of the two receivers, has the potential to go off against this Indianapolis secondary, which I'm really trying to expose. And for the record, I think you could add Evan Ingram into this, and I think you could bring it back with my value play, Josh Downs at 4,100. Uh, listen, this is just a really talented receiver. And with Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position, I think we're going to see a lot of Josh Downs until Anthony Richardson comes back. So really like that value at 4,100. Chalk play is going to be Raheem Mostert at 6,400. I think a lot of people are going to play him for very good reason. I do think Salvin Ahmed might steal a carry or two. I mean, I'm not 100% sure if Jeff Wilson's going to be active if he is. I can't imagine him getting a ton of work in his first game back, but it's, it's wheels up for Raheem Mostert at 6,400. Kenneth Walker's my contrarian play. I'm, I'm kind of hoping this game is very competitive, which it should be with a three-point spread. I think there's going to be some back and forth, and I think Kenneth Walker's going to bust a couple big runs. And if that's the case, he's really going to pay off at 6,700 at a relatively low ownership. My fade's going to be Joe Mixon. I mean, I literally haven't played him all year. Uh, I'm not really sure what all the fuss is about him. A lot of, a lot of weeks we're talking about you know Joe Mixon with high ownership and – I'm just not about that uh, at all, to be honest with you. So uh, I'm fading Joe Mixon at 7,000. Mike, your cheat sheet. All right. So we're going to start it off at quarterback 
Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. No real surprise there if you've watched the show so far uh, or really paid attention this year at all. I've, I've been on this one. I'm going to continue to be on it. Uh, I really like the matchup. I think they're back. I, I think the concentrated targets to Chase uh, are, are a very, very good thing overall. Value play, Deontay Foreman. Uh, I don't think Roshan Johnson plays here in this game for the Chicago Bears. I think they're extremely beat up. We've seen Foreman fill in admirably a lot of times in his career in situations just like this. He's fantastic when they need him for a week or two at most where he can just take all the hits, take all the volume. Uh, I think that's what we see here. Alvin Kamara, my chalk play, 6,800. I I think the price point here, honestly, is $8,000. I think that's where he should be. Um, considering the volume, again, I want to talk about how encouraging it was to see drastically different game scripts in his first two games. One, they were trailing big, got all their target volume. One, they were blowing them out, got all of the rushing work. I love a competitive game for Alvin Kamara. I think he's got so much upside here. Uh, My contrarian play, A.J. Brown. I I think that he's been absolutely incredible. Love the target volume. Jalen Hurts clearly trusts him and wants to work with him. Now they get a matchup against a defense that's pretty good. Uh, I think that's where, and the price point, right, 7,800. I don't think anyone's going to play him. I'm talking 5 6% ownership max. Uh, then my fade, Josh Jacobs. I'm still showing and projecting for decent ownership. It makes a little sense uh, just considering he's only $7,000. Uh, very playable. Uh, playing one of the worst teams in the NFL in the New England Patriots right now. Wouldn't shock me if he had some decent volume. Uh, but I, I can't pay more for him than Alvin Kamara at this point. So uh, pretty easy fade for me. I like it. And by the way, I'm just reading now that Browns have ruled out officially Deshaun Watson for Sunday's game versus San Francisco. P.J. Walker drawing the start. We discussed how that was very likely since the line jumped from six and a half yep. uh, to ten. And just FYI, this doesn't affect the main slate, but the Giants did rule out Daniel Jones. So it's going to be the Tyrod Taylor show. They also ruled out left tackle Andrew Thomas, center John Michael Schmitz, and um, some somebody, a uh, few guys on their defense. But uh, good luck, Tyrod. Um, that's going uh-huh. to be very interesting. All right. Well, speaking of interesting, hopefully we have some interesting screenshots from all of you on Sunday evening. I'm hoping whether it's the main slate or the afternoon slate or the early slate, again, try to diversify your portfolio there. Just try other stuff out. But uh, I, I'm really feeling pretty good about this main slate, Mike. Mike, I like your cheat sheet. I like your top three at each position. I like some of the guys that I'm focused on. We'll, we will be doing our Tuesday recap. It's going to be me, of course, and Megan Schaup. We'll, of course, also really focus that show on the early look to week seven. Uh, so really looking forward to that. But let's cash some tournament lineups. Let's cash some cash lineups. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS. We'll see you on Tuesday.